Good morning. Before we hear the message today, I would like us to read the scriptures. And then we pray. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 20. Our reading is Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom the fever rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherd said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had, they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and we worship you this day. We thank you for who you are and we worship you, Lord, for the things that you have done in our lives. Open our eyes and our hearts so that we may see greater things that you have done as we rejoice together and listen to your word about the good news of the birth of Jesus Christ, which took place about 2,000 years ago. Lord, remind us on how we are supposed to respond to the good news so that we may be able to being good and faithful servants while we wait for the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I have a question. When God had the best news of the angels, whom did he tell? Whom did he tell first? Was it popular political leaders, important religious leaders, the riches, the scholars, 
No. God told shepherds. And I assume everyone who reads that text we were reading about the message of the angel and the birth of Jesus Christ is surprised that God chose shepherds to reveal the truth about Jesus so quickly. Why did God choose the religi- didn't he choose the religious leaders? Maybe they would have been excited about waiting for thousands of years. They were reading scriptures. They were teaching scriptures. But God did not choose them. Why? Why not choose a king? Or a rich man. Let us examine the text today and see and hear what God wants us to hear. Today, I I want to remind each one of us about how we are supposed to respond to the good news about the birth of Jesus. Like the shepherds, we should celebrate Jesus' birth with joy, surprise, and wonder. And the reason is that because we are the right people that God has entrusted the great news of eternity. You are the right person. You who is hearing the word today. You who is being reminded about what happened 2,000 years ago. You are the right person that God has entrusted the greatest news of eternity. Chapter 2, verses 8 to 9. First, we see the text or the message in the text starts with introducing the recipients of the good news. So the character introduction here in this passage is found in verse 8. The Bible says that there were shepherds in the region. And these shepherds were living out the door. And they were keeping the night watch over their flocks. We have three clauses here which are being used. First... There were shepherds in the region. Two, they were living out the door. And three, they were keeping watch over their flock. And these clauses, or clauses, they answer three questions. Who, where, and what? To who was the good news revealed? Where were they? What were they doing? These are not just ordinary people who are just there in the city enjoying themselves. They were outside in the field within the vicinity where Jesus was born. And they were living out the door. They were not living in the houses. Possibly they had tents. Maybe because of the weather. But they were outside. In the field. In the cold. In the darkness. And they were watching over the flocks. The church 
and specifically believers are the right people to whom the good news of eternity is revealed today. People might ask you, who are you? People might, might ask you, where do you live? People might ask you, what do you do? All those things that you do, where you live, this is not your identity. Your identity is with the Lord. Because God has chosen you, not just today, but the, the day that you believed in Jesus Christ. God gave you a new identity. And this new identity defines who you are. You are a believer. You trust in God. You are not just an ordinary person. You are someone who is different. You are changed by the good news that God has entrusted to you. You are the person who can only be able to understand the good news about the kingdom of God. And so God has entrusted you. You are not here by chance. You came here because God is in you and God has spoken to you and God has compelled you. You are different. God has changed you. Outside there, people may see you as just an ordinary person, but you are not. You are in Christ and Christ is in you. And you have hope for eternal life. How did the shepherds react to this message? After receiving the good news that was delivered by the angels, the shepherds you know the Bible says that then the angel of the Lord stood before them. And then the word of the Lord says, continue to say in verse 9, the glory of the Lord shone around them. They appeared, the angels appeared before the shepherds. And the shepherds reacted to this appearance. Before we look at their reactions, we also need to see how this appearance looked like when the angels appeared to them. How do we know that these were angels? How can we trust that these were angels? Because the word of God tells us that there was the glory of the Lord that shone around them. They were in darkness, but when the angel appeared, there was light all around them. The heaven's glory came to earth and filled the sky with light. And the space where they were sitting, all around them was light, the glory of the Lord, the presence of the glory of the Lord. This is very familiar in the Old Testament, the glory of the Lord. It's very simple presence in creation, and it is associated with some events in Israel's past. The giving of the manna, the glory of the Lord, appeared. During the covenant at Sinai, the glory of the Lord appeared. In the prophecy of Isaiah, also, chapter 40, verse 3 to 5, the glory of the Lord is associated with the restoration of Israel. And for Habakkuk, the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord in the end time. Chapter 2, verse 14. So we see the glory of the Lord is very familiar with 
the shepherd, they could understand because they, were, they had learned the word of God in their Old Testament scriptures. So the glory of the Lord is also associated with the tabernacle. When you look at the tabernacle and what was happening, the presence of God, the dwelling presence of God, the tabernacle, and also the temple in Exodus chapter 40, verse 34 to 35, and First Kings 8, verse 11, and Second Chronicles 5, 7, and Psalms 63, verse 2. We hear about the glory of the Lord, the presence of the Lord. Note here the progression of the narrative. The angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. The shepherd's reaction was fear of the glory of the Lord. So they feared the glory of the Lord. Let's look at verse 10 to 14 and hear what the word of God is telling us. Like the shepherds, we should celebrate Jesus' birth with joy, surprise, and wonder. Because we have received the good news that the Savior, Messiah, and Lord was born according to God's plan. Chapter 2, verse 10 to 14. One, we see the assurance that the angels delivered to the shepherds. It's amazing that we don't know the name of the angel here in this text. But what matters most here to God was that the message would be delivered. And there is a messenger. And the messenger is the angel. Sometimes our social status may obscure the message of the good news that we deliver. We, di- we don't hear about angel Michael, angel who, angel who, but we hear the angel. So the, the identity or the status of the angel is not given. But in our lives, like when we are serving God, sometimes our status, maybe I'm a doctor, maybe I'm a professor, Sometimes those titles may obscure the message of God. And here, what matters most, and even today, is the message is delivered. Look at how the angels said to them, Fear not. Why should they fear not? One, the angel did not introduce himself who he is. And when they feared... He told them, fear not. Why should, not, why should they not fear? For, the angel told them, Behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Here, all the people refers to the Israelites. In that context, when the message was delivered, the message of the angel that the shepherds' great fear will be overcome by great joy, he tells them, Do not fear. Why should they not fear? Because of the message. And this message is about the birth of Christ. And this message is about the joy. 
That's the immediate interpretation of that context. But the Messiah Jesus, when Jesus was preaching about the kingdom of God and God and calling people to repent, although he was sometimes speaking to the Jews and sometimes to the Gentiles, in that context when the message was delivered, the Jews, the shepherds, and those who had from the shepherds, after the shepherds told them, would have understood that the message belongs specifically to the Israelites. But it was more than that. Also, the angel tells them the cause for the great joy. It's because to you is born today in the town of David a Savior, who is Christ and Lord. Verse 11. This announcement of the good news was a term which was familiar in the ancient audience from the Roman propaganda. It was used for the glad tidings which are related to the birth of a heir to the emperor, his coming of age, and his accession to the throne. This term, the good news, would be completely defined by the gospel story of Jesus Christ. The prophecy is fulfilled. That's what Jesus comes with, the message. Today, the kingdom of God. Today is an emphasis very much found in the book of Luke. Because you have, because to you is born today, today connects to yesterday of God's promises in the Old Testament. Actually, the reference to town of David here is identified as Jerusalem in Second Samuel chapter 5 verse 7 and 9. But, but Bethlehem is closely associated with David. You see, verse 11 says, Because to you is born today in the town of David a Savior. Why town of David? And they were in Bethlehem. And here the town of David popularly is known as Jerusalem. When you look at the some of the verses, some verses in the Old Testament, and especially First Samuel, and also John seven forty two, all those verses, first Samuel seventeen twelve to sixteen, seventeen 58, 20, verse 6, 20, and verse 28 to 29, and John 7, 42, and also Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, we hear about the family of David. We are living in Bethlehem. So, even though Jerusalem in Second Samuel chapter 5, verse 7 and 9, is identified as the town of David, Bethlehem was the hometown of David. And so it's not wrong here when the Bible says, because to you is born today in the town of David a Savior. That is Bethlehem, his hometown. And the Messiah, Jesus Christ, is associated with the promise which was given to David that in his line there will never lack a king. And now the king has come to fulfill the promise according to Isaiah. 
to us a child is born. So the delivery of the good news about the birth of a child who is Christ, a Savior, and Lord is delivered here by the angels. So the identity here is given very clearly that the child is the Savior who is Christ, Messiah. They were waiting for the Messiah and he is the Lord. And they were told how to identify the baby. In verse 12, this will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. So after the revelation of the identity of the baby who is to be found laid on the manger, there was a kingly proclamation from the host of angels who suddenly appeared together with the angel messenger. And they were praising God. The Bible tells us that. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. Hosts is translated army. Praising God and saying, the term host here is a military term applied to God's attendants. The heavenly army came to announce good tidings and peace and to give glory to God. Most of we know the army do not actually, <laughs> they are not trained to just to announce peace. Sometimes they have to bring peace by sword. But here, the army appears. And they praise God. This is a proclamation from heaven. From the angels who are attendants of God. And they are proclaiming that... This is a divine event. What you see is divine. This is from God. The message that you have heard from the angel, we come now to proclaim and to assure you that this is a message from God. Because these angels just appeared after the the message was delivered and their work was to praise God, to proclaim God. We don't know how many they were. But they were many. They were a multitude. A multitude is a big number. You can imagine how the shepherds felt. They were just simple people in the field. How did they feel? So, they proclaim glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Verse 14. We know during those days, there was what we call Pax Romana. The peace from the Romans. The Romans had assured peace to all their conquered territories or region. And in Hebrew, peace means shalom. But this is a different shalom, peace, that the angels are proclaiming. It's peace from God. Shalom from God. God is the only source of true peace. God is the only source of true peace in your life. And then, the ones which is used here, those 
to those who are favored by God can clearly be translated those among human of this good will. This translation interprets the phrase to refer the phrase those favored by God to refer to God's divine favor in his gracious visitation of humans, not just the Israelites, but also all human beings. As we find in Luke chapter 12 verse 32, which says, which actually uses the same verb, favor. And this favor, which I have just explained, when the word of God here in Luke 12 verse 32, do not be afraid, little flock. This is Jesus telling his disciples. For your father has been pleased to give you your kingdom. To be pleased to give you your kingdom. This is favor. The moment of the favor is from heaven. The movement of the favor is from heaven. So, here, the word says, the glory, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Glory to God in the highest heaven. There is a comma there. It stops there. And then that glory moves on earth as peace. The favor is peace, shalom, to those on whom his favor rests. This movement of favor is from heaven to earth, but it requires a response from those so favored so that it moves back from earth to heaven. And this is what the church is supposed to do. God has favored his people. God has favored the church. How do we respond to this favor of God? Do we respond in a way that the favor goes back to God? Or do we just keep the favor to ourselves? How do we react to the good news of the gospel? How do we react to what God has done in our lives? The right way to react is to serve God. It's to worship Him. It's to to do His will. It's to worship Him and serve Him. And in that, we are returning the favor back to God in our response. And that is why in the third point about the shepherds, we are going to hear how they reacted. And this is our last portion of this sermon. Like the shepherds, we should celebrate Jesus with birth, I mean with not with birth. Jesus birth with joy, surprise, and wonder. Why? The reason is because we are called to be God's witnesses of the greatest news of eternity. That's one reason why God appeared in the presence of the angels to deliver a message about the birth of Jesus Christ to the shepherds, so that the shepherds can go and witness, to go and see and then witness about what they have heard and what they have seen. That's what God wants us to do. After making the announcement, the angels actually did not (laughs) stop there. They left singing praises. They did not stop 
and then everything was, was done. There was continuous praising. They continued to worship God, to praise God as they left. They did not also stay to provoke the shepherds to go. You must go. You must be born again. You must go. They did not also guide them where to go. But they, they told them how to identify the baby. They did not tell them where to go. And they did not stay to guard them as they walk. But the shepherds reasoned and they said, let's go and find out what the angels were talking about. Here we see the reactions, three reactions of the shepherds. They went they saw and they rejoiced. The shepherds go and they see and they rejoice. And they tell others who then marveled. The word of God says, when the angels had left them and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and baby who were lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it, were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. They went not because they, uh, they wanted to go and believe, but because they had already believed. Those who heard them were amazed by the surprise that the Savior is actually born to fulfill God's promises in such circumstances. And the angels will deliver such important news to persons of such low status. Like the shepherds, when we receive the good news of the gospel, we believe and we are willing to go and spread the good news. When we experience conversion, we need to glorify God and become interpreters whom proclaim to others what has happened. How often do we witness about our relationship with Christ, our relationship with God? How often do we tell other people. How often do we share that message with people? What did Mary do after knowing all the things from the shepherds? Because, of course, they told her everything, what had happened. And what after then did the shepherds do after visiting the baby? Let's hear one, we know and we can understand that the Holy Spirit does not overshadow Mary. As we read here in verse 19 to 20, the Bible says, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. She never spoke a word. She heard the message. She treasured the message. She pondered over the message, but we are not told she spoke a word. And then, 
the shepherds returned in glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The Holy Spirit does not hear of a shadow Mary to give her a divine insight to understand what everything means. It is that, like Mary, sometimes it's hard to see that or to see what God is doing when one is living in the midst of events. That's why sometimes when we are facing difficult situations, we don't see what's happening, but we look at the events surrounding us and, and the fear that comes with some of the challenges in life, and we don't see sometimes God working. But it takes some time to ponder, to treasure and ponder what's happening. And realize that in spite of the situations that we are in, God is still there and there is a message for that. Mary actually learns more information from the shepherds who came to see her child. They tell her about the angels and the announcements that the child is the Savior, the Christ, and the Lord. Imagine those terms, Savior, Christ, Lord, the terms that scholars wrestle with when they try to to see the deeper meaning of who is a savior. Where is savior mentioned in the Bible? How is savior used? Why is savior used in Christ? Who is Christ? What does Christ mean? All those definitions. Who is the Lord? You know, that's the work of scholars. But now, Mary had those ones. The shepherds had those ones. How did they understand? How did they interpret that? Because they knew the scriptures. They had heard many times the prophecies. Remember, these servants were among the people who came back from exile. And remember also, the message which they were receiving in exile from the prophets the latter prophets. And also, like the book, the book of Chronicle, which according to the, to the Jewish order is the last book in the Bible. Actually, the, the Western, we changed, the Western changed the, the order of the, of the scriptures. The last book of the scripture is the Chronicles. And this chronicle was written with a very different view about Solomon, David. When you, you read the first king and second kings, and you read first chronicle and second chronicle, you'll find that some of a lot of the the things that were given as message in first and second king which were written to the Israelites so that they can know about the, the nature of the kings and how the kings had failed when you read second chronicles you will find something different some things are omitted because chronicle was written to encourage the Israelites who are in captivity, who are in exile, to, show, to give them a hope, to give them a hope that they are going to return. Even some of the prophets were prophesying during the, the time when the Israelites were in exile, assuring them that God has not abandoned them. And now they are back, they are waiting for the Messiah, 
And this Messiah has come, the Savior, the Christ, the Lord. Imagine what was going in inside Mary as she pondered all about that. And the shepherds about knowing that this is the Savior. This is Christ. This is Lord. The Lord. This is the, the Messiah that we have been waiting for. And remember, when the exiles came back home, they did not get their kingdom. The, the Romans were, were there. They were under the Romans. And at the same time, although they had a temple, they had no king. And there are two things that kept hope in. Or the Israelites to know that God is with them. The presence of the temple and the presence of a king. But they had no king. But here, the king has come. The Savior, the Christ, and the Lord. And that was the good news to them. Not as they expected, but it was according to the plan of God. Because this Messiah was not just to come to sit on the physical throne of David, but was to be a Messiah according to the promises given to Abraham. That through his offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And that is the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. The verb was treasuring, which is used here when referring to Mary treasuring all what she had, is imperfect, which is actually present tense, was pondering, you know. And this was a continuous thing that she continued to ponder. And also, it implies that continuation and also the, 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 the treasuring and pondering. Treasuring is in imperfect and pondering is in participle, which is continuous, which implies continuous. She continued to put into pieces all those things that she had from the, the shepherds so that she can see the whole picture. Sometimes when we receive some kind of news, we keep quiet because we want to reason, we want to think it through them, we want to, to bring them together to know what is happening. The life of spirituality actually includes informed activity. We hear, we read, we hear the message and we read the message. And then we think, we treasure, we ponder and try to figure out how to navigate life. Finally, Luke tells us what happened next in reference to the shepherds. The Bible says, the shepherds returned and glorified, returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The shepherds did not actually stay there asking Mary questions. How do you feel? What do you think? There are so many things that they would have asked her. But they did not. They even did not ask her, Why are you not talking about anything? We have told you everything. Why are you not responding? We want to hear about your decision, about this news. No. They let Mary ponder and treasure and ponder all those things. And they returned 
the Bible says they returned in glorifying and praising God. Like the angels, they continued to glorify and praise God for what he has done. Every time we bear witness about, about God's redemptive works and see the results of what God has done in bringing people to faith, I believe that we need to glorify and praise God. We need to ascribe all the glory and the praises to God. The good news comes to us. We receive the good news. And then we return that into glorifying God for everything that he has done. Let us pray. We thank you, dear Lord, that you can speak to us the message of the birth of the Savior, Christ the Lord. We thank you today that we are favored by you. We thank you that we can be able to reason. We can be able to ponder what we have heard and try to bring into pieces. I mean, we, and try to, to bring them, the pieces together so that we can be able to understand what you want in our lives. Lord, we commit ourselves to you and pray that, Lord, as we continue to worship you, that our lives will continue to be changed so that we can bring glory back to you. So that we can speak of the things that you have done in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.